All right, everybody, welcome back to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. The NFL Combine is underway. I always hear the term combine, and I imagine a bunch of John Deere tractors going across a football field or something. But nevertheless, that's not what's happening. Thanks for your Midwestern insight, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, it was nice. Plowing, plowing for, uh, to, to plant corn, boys and girls. Um, Derek, uh, one of our SCB guys, is actually there. He's been interviewing some of the players, and uh, I posted some of his tweets on, on the website today. So he's, he's loving it. He's having a great time down there, doing a good job. Um, he, he you know does some stuff for us, but his, his bigger gig is, is SI.com. So he's, he's, he's doing great. Um, you can see if you're watching the show that Ben, Ian, and Ryan have joined me tonight. If you are listening on audio, well, you're going to hear them eventually. Um, we are very proud to be part of the Pigskin Podcast Network and, of course, through DraftKings as well. Um, so, gentlemen, I hope you are well. The most important question of all this evening is what are you drinking, Ian? I am drinking some delicious Bradshaw bourbon oh. in a Bradshaw bourbon glass. Oh, very nice. good. Uh, it showed up in my mailbox. How about that? Um, a Bradshaw bourbon glass. A Bradshaw bourbon glass. Yes. Yeah, so for those that are watching online, you can see the Bradshaw it's, bourbon in the glass. Yes, it is yeah. nice. Yes. Yes. Uh, and uh, Ben, what are uh, what are you drinking tonight? Profuse juice, which is a hazy from oh, okay. uh, Ten Barrel. It's Profuse delicious. Juice. And I've got a bunch of whiskey because I just had a birthday. And <laughs> fuck, I still have whiskey. I still have birthday whiskey from last year. I'm. That's, this that's is, a good problem to have. This is insane. Did you get any uh, new whiskeys for your birthday? Oh yeah, anything new? Yeah, yeah, my my friends are pretty good to me. They excellent. <laughs> really hooked me up. I, I seriously, this was, I was like, wow, you guys. Okay. Thanks. Got to step that's up awesome. my game. That's yeah, Congratulations that's on being old. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Scarps, what do you got going there tonight for your beverage of choice? Vodka, vodka soda. Vodka, vodka soda. soda. Vodka Out of a gym soda. water bottle. <laughs> you drink a protein shake. Take the blender yeah. ball out of it. You're uh-huh. good. Love it. Love because it. Because it's, it's a great big bottle. What is it? Hold 30 ounces or something. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like uh, it's thirty-two ounces. Uh-uh. Just uh, last week, we went over the offensive roster and and kind of you know who, who's who's coming back, who's not, who's on the bubble, who needs to do what, kind of a thing. And uh, we'll do that with the defense. Just a couple of uh, uh, notes here, real quick. Um, we were all, I think, most of us were under the impression that ESPN's Lewis Riddick had interviewed for the general manager spot a couple weeks ago. Uh, it turns out that he actually interviewed just this week in Indianapolis um, for the first time. And, uh, you know, again, Steelers aren't saying much about that, and they won't until, of course, they, they actually make a decision. But um, that happened. Um, and so uh, what was the other thing, too? And, and of course, hey, it's it's the combine season. Um, if, if you have listened or seen anything on the Steelers today, you probably – have seen more about the size of one man's hand than you ever will again. Uh, oh, Kenny, I don't know, man. You know, remember when I, Joe Burrow had the nine-inch hands, and that was the same oh, thing? Oh, well, yeah, it clearly humbled and uh, kept him from doing stuff. Didn't it? Uh, yeah, you know, it, 
yeah, I, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna dwell on it now. We got two months to talk draft, and we'll we'll do that much more. But uh, Kenny Pickett, you know, came in with eight and a half inch hands. Normally, you like you guys to see a seen minimum this? of nine. What kind of whiskey is that? Right and brown. No, looks very uh, I'm fancy. Sure it's fancy as fuck. because yeah. <laughs> I'm classy and shit. Well. We expect nothing less. Um, anyway, so we're going to uh, get this thing rolling tonight and, and talk a little defense. And part of that is also, I guess, part of the news cycle, too. And we'll start on the defensive line. Um, Ryan, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, Stefan Tuitt, I, I, I mean, I think every single person here and most people that are Steelers fans wants Stefan Tuitt to be back to be a positive dominant force that he can be as a defensive lineman. Uh, We understand he had a personal tragedy. We understand he had a knee injury and stuff. How long do the Steelers wait until they say, okay, Stefan, I need an answer now. That's a great question. Um, You know, I think that, you know, I I think that, um, you know they've obviously been in contact with Stefan throughout all of this. He's not a he's not a new player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 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 you know obviously been with the team for a good while now. He is a veteran, um, obviously a great player as well. Um, has obviously relationships with Cam Hayward and others. You know Tyson, yep. uh, Lulu, um, and uh, you know any anyone else in the organization that's been there that long. And there's not really that many of those guys around anymore. Um, so I, I think the Steelers are, are treating this um, in a personal way and in a, in a business way. Um, you know, they're there. Obviously, they're there for Stefan in, in any in any way that he needs. Um, and and they got they, they're obviously, you know, conscious of 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 his, you know, off the field um, tragedy. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. also um, it's a business and they understand that. Um, you know, if he's committed a hundred percent, I think that's a different story, but I don't necessarily know at this time where they think he's right. at, um, art the second, a couple weeks ago, didn't sound so optimistic. Kevin Colbert in the last couple of days, I don't know if he necessarily sounded uh, optimistic as much as, you know, he basically just reiterated that they're mm-hmm. talking with him. Um, but you know, this is this is it's hard to say, but sooner rather than later, I think that they need to have that conversation because right. um, free agency is about to come up, the draft's about to come up, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I, they, they, you know, people that handle that cap situation are above my pay grade, sure, but I'm sure. sure there's some sort of, you know, sure, you know, there's obviously a monetary. Uh, consequence of this too but again if he's in 100 percent, i get it but if he's yeah. not there you have to be open to exploring what options you have uh ben how much does his availability affect what the steelers want to do and, and i was going to say draft but i'll say both draft and free agency yeah i, I mean basically if, if if they don't know he's coming back they have to approach this as though he's not but cam hayward mentioned him by name today on nfl network Right. And said that he was really excited to be getting him back, that this was going to be a monster defense. So right. that's encouraging. Um, I agree with everything Ryan said. You know, nothing definitive from Colbert, nothing definitive from Art. But 
I also look at it from the standpoint that this time of year, Colbert lies all the time. <laughs> lies his ass off. And it then the smoke season. And then when all is said and done, he's like, yeah, well, I was lying. So what do you want? Right. This is, you know, I, I, I'll lie to you again next year. And, you know. Done it for 20 years. Yeah. So um, it, it could be that they're not sure. And it could be that they know something and we don't know shit. And they're not going to tell us. So. Right. I, until, until, I, I guess maybe I'm just, I'm getting old or I'm accepting the fact that the Steelers are not going to be that great next year. And so I'm just, uh, I'm waiting to see. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to get too worked up over it one way or the other until there's something definitive from to it or from the Steelers that says he's definitely coming back or he's definitely not. Uh, but if they don't know for sure, they need to approach this as though he's not and and get somebody in there to take his spot. And, and granted, you're, you're probably not going to get a free agent of the same quality mm-hmm. as Stephon to it, but you can get somebody pretty good. You can get somebody better against the run versus Chris Wormley. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and and Ian, that's where I was going to go next. I you know if if you've got some comments on to it by all means, but I, I was going to go to Wormley next. Um, you know, a guy that they traded for uh, from Baltimore, and you know he had a few moments, mostly I guess in the pass that's rush pass department. Rusher. Yeah, yeah, uh, but as a run stuffer, eh, I mean, it, it it you know go ahead. Chris Wormley is not a starting defensive lineman. He's a rotational piece that you can plug in for a handful of snaps a game to give other guys a break, but he's not an every down defensive lineman. Um, I wasn't a big fan of them giving him a contract, a contract. I mean, they traded Mm -hmm. for him. He had Mm -hmm. one year left on his, his deal. um, And then they kind of doubled down on their mistake of trading for him and signed him to an extension, a two year deal. Um, and he, he, I'll say at times did exceed my expectations last year. Chris Wormley against Baltimore was outstanding. Yeah. Now, if we could get that Chris Wormley every game, that would be amazing. But he was kind of extra motivated that game because they were the ones that traded him away. Um, you know, that said, I, I would love to see Montrevious Adams back. Um, that would be a great, his, his get off the ball, his ability to mm-hmm. actually get down the line on some of those outside zone plays was uh, like something that we didn't have in the middle before he came, right. um, you know, having Tyson Alulu healthy would be outstanding. I agree with everything that's already been said on to it. I mean, that is the biggest question facing the defense this year is what happens with Stefan to it. And, you know, that has to be answered before anything else can kind of fall into place. Um, I think Isaiah Loudermilk is a growing piece. I think he can be a very solid rotational guy. I don't think he's ready to be an every down starter yet, but there's definitely mm-hmm. a lot more upside there than I saw when we first drafted him. Um, you know, he definitely played better yeah, last year really. than I thought he would. I kind of thought, oh, here's another wasted fifth round pick. Um, but he actually looked pretty, pretty darn good last year at times. Um, so yeah, I, I, his arrow is definitely pointing up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the two guys that, uh, you know, I really don't know if there's a space for on this team, which uh, Henry Mondo, fine. He doesn't have to be here. He doesn't really bring a whole lot. Um, but, uh, you know, Isaiah Bugs we cut last year, and then Carlos Davis has 
you know, we picked him in the seventh round. He's kind of hung around. He looked okay in the preseason. Then he got injured. Um, You know, we we do need some depth here because our starters are all getting old. I mean, Hayward, Aloalu, and Tuit are all on the wrong side of 30. (laughs) Alulu is on the wrong side of 35. Right. Um, So, you know, it's we do have to get younger on the defensive line. So I would not be surprised at all to see us look in the draft for a younger defensive lineman. I don't think signing guys in free agency is hard because you're either getting starters that you have to pay a lot of money for, or you're looking at depth pieces like a, you know, Chris uh, Wormley guys, Chris Wormley. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, you know, and, and neither of those are really what we need right now. So, because mm-hmm. if Tua comes back, you have your three starters, Loudermilk can be your fourth guy. You bring Adams back to be your fifth and, and you know, to be your, your inside piece too. And, and those are a pretty good starting five or top five on the defensive line for a rotation, mm-hmm. but you also kind of need, um, you know, some more youth and depth there. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see us draft a defensive lineman or two, depending on what happens with Tua at some point in the draft. I, I think the, the fascinating thing to me is, is, and it's so hard because we don't know, free agency will start in two weeks. Um, we don't know the direction they're going to go in free agency. Are they going to focus heavy on cornerbacks, let's say? Are they, are they going to focus on offensive line? Now, they got enough money to do a little both, don't get me wrong. But, you know, something is going to need significant attention in the draft. Um, and the Tua question will certainly go a long way towards that. Um, Ryan, I think, yeah, go ahead, Ben. I, I think that, um, to it, absolutely. I agree with everything that has been said. And you just said, um, my question mark is, is still Tyson Aluoglu. He's 35. Yep. Um, he's coming off a broken ankle. You know, word was that he was close to being able to play at the end of the season. Um, that if they had gone deeper into the playoffs, they would have considered trying to activate him. Yada, yada, blah, blah. I find it really interesting, though, that they cut Isaiah Bugs after he started six games and kept Carlos Davis, who was injured all season. Mm-hmm. That kind of tells you what they think of Bugs or what they thought he brought to, to the team. You know, and, and granted, it was, it was a numbers game. It was bodies. Um, but has Davis done anything that is really impressive. I, I don't think so. Um, yeah. You know, obviously Montrevious Adams, we all agree. They should definitely bring him back uh, to be a spot starter, to be a guy who, who gives Alualu relief, but is he really a starter either? Yeah. In my opinion, no, no, I, I yeah, I, I agree. I bugs. I, I thought he was okay. I, I was just surprised by that. I, I thought he was okay as a two gap. Nose tackle. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he did. He didn't do much else. No. But neither does Davis. Davis doesn't right. do anything. One, one, just one final point. Yeah, uh, Kevin. Kevin had mentioned that that the draft is not deep when it comes to defensive linemen. Yeah. Um. True. So that you know that two it situation and two it's twenty eight and so is warmly so so two it. He's not quite thirty yet, but we know what he can bring to the table. But mm-hmm. it, it sort of circles back to, um. The, the decision whether he's coming back or not, because um, if he doesn't come back and you don't get a defensive lineman in free agency and the draft isn't deep, 
Um, unless you take a D lineman early, you're probably you have to. Lo- you're probably yeah, you're probably looking at another Isaiah Bugs, Carlos Davis type. Mm-hmm. And and I'm looking at their roster right now, and 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 they got you know four or five of those types. Yeah. So it's like you know again this to it this to it situation, you know is is very very very. Um, yeah. When when all of you were talking, my my initial thought right out of the gate was if. If Tuit is coming back, they go, okay, we're good. We'll take some guy and we'll develop him and yeah. it'll be fine. If he's not, it changes the whole draft strategy and free agency strategy. Now they've got to add a piece that can play this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. They've got to they've mm-hmm. add a guy who can come in and contribute this year, which means either a high draft pick or I wouldn't say a premium free agent, but a guy who can play right away. Yes. Um, and don't get it's excited. Not fans. JJ Watt's not coming. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to sure. happen. But how good would that kid from Georgia look on our defensive line? Oh, he looked great. But yeah, he looked phenomenal. Yeah. Just sitting there in the middle. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. He, he, he would just. Yeah. I believe me watching watching Georgia, the, their last couple of games. I, I fantasize a little bit about that <laughs> i mean that cat sitting there in the black and gold oh, yeah. although <laughs> I, I think he's really good versus the run i do he, not like him that much versus the pass no, and this is, no. it's a passing league true i think yeah. i think he's gonna be uh, unless he can work on his quicks and develop them i think he's gonna be a two down player is that do we so think- what you're saying is everybody should let him fall to like the third round, and then we can take Jordan Davis. Sure, there you go. Yeah, I, I mean, but is, but is that what's happening with nose tackles? Though I, I mean, they're generally not three down guys. Uh, no, and, no, the they're not. But but a nose tackle, so a nose much. tackle for the Steelers has got to be able to play defensive tackle as well. Right. Yeah. Right. And and play on third down when they only have two down linemen. They've got to have some versatility. That's. Yeah. That's one of the knocks on Adams is that he's just he's just a nose really tackle. Limited. Yeah. But by the same token, he's coming in cold off of the Saints practice squad, learning a new defense, learning all his keys and fits. And what did he have? Six weeks with the team? I, yeah. I can't even remember. So yeah. Well, and and think about how long it took Javon Hargrave to be able to learn the other position to be able to play on third downs. Like for years, right. yeah. we all talked about like Hey, Javon Hargrave is really it? quick on off the ball. Right. Why isn't he playing on third downs and giving these other guys some spells? And right. it took him to what his fourth year for them to actually trust him enough to put him at the other position rather than just over the center. No, Maybe it, third was, it was his third year, but third his fourth year. year he was really effective. He, <laughs> he was, he was, yeah. yeah. But but it took. I'm saying it, it, he. He it took him time, right? Yeah, so yeah. Adams has the physical ability, I think, to do it. It's just sure. the learning curve of being able to, like you said, learn the fits and all that. Right. Um, and my follow-up thought, though, is if I had to pick one player from Georgia's defense to put on the Steelers, it would be Nicobe Dean, not Jordan Davis. But yeah, yeah. that'd we'll be nice. That. that isn't going to happen either. It's not well, going to happen. We'll, either, uh, no. We're <laughs> yeah. going to transition over to the linebackers here in just a second. First, uh, let me remind you, this is the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Deck serves Broward in the Southern Palm Beach counties, whether it's commercial, industrial, residential, multi-family, can't talk, or condos. Contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. Hey, Ian, they do multifamily. Are, you're they sure do they multi-family. do multifamily, though? I, I, I am 100% positive. 
Yes, uh, I've asked. I've I have now gotten confirmation of that. Okay. That's good. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, linebackers. Uh, Ryan, I'm just going to throw this bone to you right now. Joe Schobert, what do you do with him, man? There you go. I mean, I, I think he's. I think I'm sure he's a really nice person. He seems like a really <laughs> seems like a really good. He seems like a really good teammate. Um, uh, his his wife is active on social, and and she seems like a Actually, very nice person too. They're active in the community too. And if and if any of the the Schobert the Schobert fans or Schobert family are watching, this is nothing against him. Um, but I think that is, he is a cap casualty. Um, I'm not going to say I hated I hated the trade because, it, and Tomlin has said this, it was just basically he was available, you know. Yeah. But I I would say that if Cleveland doesn't resign you and Jacksonville, even with urban Meyer doesn't necessarily want you. Um, I don't really know, you know, where you go from there. And like I said, I, I thought he was, he had his moments. I thought he was okay, but that defense mm-hmm. overall just wasn't besides maybe a couple guys, TJ yeah. Watt, Cam and Minka. Um, I thought that he was, you know, he was more Slobert than Schobert. Um, and, mm-hmm. You know, again, no disrespect to him, but he right. is an easy cap casualty, and and I and I hope he signs somewhere else. Steelers here. Steelers gained seven point eight million dollars yeah. against the cap, and and yeah. almost well a little bit over nine million in cash if they cut him. So <laughs> I agree, it's not a difficult decision. Is it is it disappointing because obviously he didn't play well, but. He, he played pretty well against us when he played on other teams. I mean, is it disappointing in a large part because he didn't play to that level for us? I, I, any of you can jump in on that. Disappointing. I, mean, that's I felt disappointing from my standpoint that he wasn't a better cover linebacker. Yeah. That, that was, that was what we really needed out of him. We needed a guy who could run sideline to sideline and cover tight ends and running backs. Yeah. And and maybe the occasional slot receiver who you know he happened to be hung up on. Uh, I didn't really didn't really need a guy who could stop the run, which he couldn't do either. Right. He didn't which think that was, was what you needed anyway. for a guy who had like a hundred plus tackles every year of his career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but he did because a defensive lineman in front of him would take care of the blockers that consume them. This year that was not happening with our with our D line. We had one defensive lineman. Let's be honest. We had yeah. one defensive lineman mm-hmm. against the run game, and you you got linebackers that are trying to penetrate. On top of that, so it left a bunch of free blockers to take out Bush and Schobert, and our inside linebackers did not play well. They just mm-hmm. didn't. They it was what it was, man. Yeah. So Ian, if they kept Schobert, would we take that? Therefore, that the the problems that he had therefore must have been a bigger issue for the defensive line than for him i i don't think we're keeping schubert i don't i don't see i, I, don't, I don't either but i'm just are. yeah um, no no that's my point but, i mean the one thing i'll give him maybe is that when he came in they gave him the green dot they took it off devin bush and gave it to him right um to call the defense set things up things like that so because he was going to play on third down yeah yeah, which we saw how that worked out too. Yeah, um, worked out great. Yeah, <laughs> sarcasm. Yeah, um, well, I yeah. mean, I, I, 
I really struggle to see how, you know, we we keep Joe Schobert at a, you know, nine point seven million dollar cap hit number. It just it, yeah. it doesn't play out. Um, you know, if he was willing to take a pay cut to stay here and for like half of that, maybe it's worth considering because I mean it cover linebackers are hard to find. They're worth their weight in gold. They're, would he would he get that on the open market right now? No. no. Well uh, he's not gonna get he's not gonna get he's not eight. gonna get he's not yeah. gonna get ten million dollars on the open no, market. Not no. after last year. No. no. After his last two seasons actually. Right. Yeah. Right. Give me give me a give me give me a guy that's younger. Uh, that's faster mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can mold any at any point. And that's the thing. He's, I mean, he's 28 and, and you're right. I am a little bit disappointed that he wasn't better for us. Um, you know, what was that? That was that, that, that tie game in Cleveland. He was everywhere. He was, he had like yeah. a, he I mean, and I'm like, I'm like, damn, this dude's good. And then like, I, I just, you know, again, I, I, like Ben said, I think, you know, is, is, as, as much as we hate the Browns, I think that their 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 line was a little bit. They were decent, you know. I would say that they were decent, and the and the, and they, the Browns suck. I get it, but they have yeah, their whatever. defensive. But their defensive line hasn't been bad sure. during the time. Right. Sure, had some guys there. Yeah, yeah. So and you know, I would just yeah, I was a little bit disappointed, but like, you know, you the Steelers knew what they were doing, and 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 and. Kevin Colbert and, and Coach Tomlin and Art have made this perfectly clear that they weren't thinking of of losing. They were thinking of competing, and he right. was available. And they right. were like, you know what, we can work with this for this year financially. He's he's you know, and then and then of course, hey, he went to Wisconsin with T.J. Watt. Like and it was like, oh, you know, like and it's like, no, that doesn't always mean that things are going to work out. Yeah. Like, that's not how it always works. I, I think that Steelers fans were super yeah. excited because they had those memories of, of him as a Browns yeah. linebacker and yes, and thought that he was going to be effective within this defense, which I understand. I, I have the same initial thoughts. So, you know, it is what it is. I am looking – Everybody wants a quarterback. I want Devin Lloyd in the first round because <laughs> realistically, uh, that's going to be the best player available at that spot. And, and, you know, inside linebacker in this draft is neither deep nor shallow. Um, and if you take away Joe Schobert, um, you're looking at a lot of young guys and you need to figure out how to, how to solidify that position because we don't know what we're getting from Devin Bush. We know that Bobby Spillane is going to smack you in the mouth, yeah. but not be able to cover anyone. Right. Um, you know, Buddy Johnson might be good. Ulysses Gilbert might be good. And then you got your sort of hybrid in your Marcus Allen. Um, but yeah, you know, in my opinion, they need to find, they need to find another in, in whether that's later in the draft or whatnot, but we need a guy that can cover cover tight ends and mm-hmm. slot guys. But also, we need another type of Vince Williams. We need a Vince Williams type because that linebacker isn't dead yet, and especially in that three four, that that like that you know that hard nosed linebacker. Vince was pretty it. good at blitzing too, though. Yeah, Vin, oh, Vince, yeah. Vince was yeah. Vince was not a one trip pony. Vince is, that was a big loss last year too. I, you know, even though he's a little bit older. It was it was timely and and I do think that that definitely hurt the defense as well. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. So uh, on the on the linebacker yeah. front though, it's it's interesting you bring that up because there are a couple guys 
like who are a little bit older, basically going to be 30 that are going to hit the free agent market. Um, don't say Hightower. No, no. Hightower's older than that. No, I would say Anthony Hitchens from the Chiefs, who is pretty much just a run stopper at this point. Christian Kirksey from the Texans, who racks up a ton of tackles, Mm -hmm. but is pretty much just a run stopper at this point. But if you want guys who are a little bit older, who may only be two down players, that you might be able to get on a one-year deal, like those are the names you start to start to look at in free agency. Uh, a guy I like is Dorian O'Daniel, who was drafted by the Chiefs. He played at Clemson. He was in that draft where there was the year after Shazier got hurt and we didn't take an inside linebacker at all in the whole draft. That's right. Um, O'Daniel played pretty well for the Chiefs in kind of the spots that he played in, but now that they've, you know, drafted some other guys they're they're full up at inside linebacker i could see him trying to test the market and see if he can go somewhere um but the the really interesting question for me is you know that that same draft right the one that we didn't draft anyone Mm -hmm. that there were guys in the first there were four linebackers in the first round and none of them made it to us um you know supposedly we love leighton vander esch and tomlin really loved rashawn evans who went to the texans Right. Both of those guys are going to be free agents this right. year. Um, you know, Vander Esch hasn't played up to what we thought his potential was in Dallas. He's been injured a bit, but he just hasn't played well on the field. Evans, I don't know. He's been kind of hit and miss in Tennessee, but if he's going to, you know, Tomlin loved that dude in the draft. Like, he, he loved him. Do we think they take a shot at him in free agency? I'm telling you this, and hate me if you want it. I know they have money for the first time in forever, but mm-hmm. Kevin has talked about not sort of changing their mo. Yeah, no. So, so I so O'Daniel. Oh, it was an O'Daniel that O'Doyle rules. No, but the kid, the guy, the kid from the, the, kid from the Chiefs, reference. the kid from the Chiefs would be more up the Steelers' alley yeah. than a guy like Rashad Evans. So, like. I, just Evans saying. Evans was refused a fifth year option by the Texans. He's not highly regarded. He's not going to be a, a high priced free agent. Um, he's not. That's uh, he's fine. got he's got raw ability, but he hasn't been super effective. Uh, in fact, neither is, was Leighton Vander Leighton and right. it, it was because he hurt a lot too. Yeah, he's hurt a lot. That's yeah. the issue. He's effective when he plays, mm-hmm. but he's not he's not on the field enough. So. Yeah, I mean, basically, these guys—they're not going to get big contracts. They're going to be there for the taking if you want them. But do you want them? I don't know. Evans, maybe. Yeah, depending yeah. on what what um, he would be willing to take in terms of contract and what the terms were like, what the structure was like. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. So I'll okay. say I'll say this since we're talking free agents. I'm generally of the opinion that there's no such thing as a bad one year deal because you can sign a guy for a year and then kind of see what happens as an extension of that. Something that the Steelers have typically done is they call it a two year deal, but it's essentially a one year deal with a team option where they all are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you get one year in your signing bonus and then your second year is at a much higher number. So if you play well, Chris Wormley's contracts like that. Yeah, exactly. Zach Banner's contract was like that. Um, Yeah. a lot of guys' contracts have been like that. That you know, Zach Banner was what signing bonus and veteran minimum for the first year, and then five six million dollar salary the second year. Five, so, yeah, five, yeah. So 
yeah, I mean, something like that, you know, which is essentially a one-year deal with a team option for the second year, I'd be fine with those kind of structures with any of those guys I mentioned. You know, come play for a year. We'll see if you're any good, if you have any potential. If not, you're gone. Mm-hmm. And No, I agree. We'll go from there. I'm on board with that. But, I mean, the other thing is all those guys I mentioned, I think, are at least 28 years old. So if you're looking at a – an inside linebacker group, like Ryan accurately said, that has a lot of youth in it, that you want mm-hmm. some kind of older veteran leadership as part of that. Any of those guys kind of fit the bill. Yeah. Except maybe O'Daniel. He, he hasn't had the playing time of the rest of them, but he's going to be 28. So, you know, but nevertheless, I, I do agree that he does kind of fit there. You know, a guy who is kind of a spot player with another team that just – the numbers didn't work for him there and hit the free agent market. And maybe you can get a, um, you know, you can, you can cash in and find something mm-hmm. there. Like I talked about with Shaq Barrett a few years ago, I was like, we need to sign this dude. He's been like languishing Should've. with the chiefs. Yeah, and then, the, and then Tampa signed him. <laughs> That's or, right. Yeah. The Broncos, Broncos. Sorry, wrong, wrong AFC West team. But yeah, he was, he was languishing with the Broncos behind their two very, I mean, they had Vaughn Miller and, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, who else? What was the guy's name? Oh, uh, where? And then the Bucks signed him and he had yeah. 20 sack season. And yeah, what about yeah. yeah. you know Marcus? Yeah, so yeah. What about um, our outside linebackers? Well, we're, I'm going to transition to that uh, right now, but uh, I do want to alert everyone to uh, our good friends at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN where you bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. And we're doing that because the NFL is, uh, well, they don't have games right now. So check that out, DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's awesome, very easy to use. Got one myself. Uh, don't bet on my Lakers right now. They're they're sleepwalking, man. Sleepwalking. They don't care. Wait, you're a Lakers fan and you give me shit about being a Duke fan? Hold on. It just got real. I've I've been a Lakers fan since Norm Nixon was the point guard. And and when they drafted Magic Johnson, I was like, you can't do that to Norm Nixon. He's an all star. And then Magic played, and I was like, oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, he's pretty good. All right. Well, I've been, a, nine I've been a Duke fan points. since I was six years old, and Christian Leitner hit the shot. So, Christian yeah. Leitner's a fucking douchebag, and that's that why happened? people hate Holy Duke. Shit. People hate Duke because of Christian fucking Leitner. Didn't you know that? I love Duke and, because of Christian Leitner. Duke fans Leitner, are so. basically Dallas Cowboys fans who like college basketball, and everybody fucking hates ca- ca- Dallas Cowboys fans. <laughs> everybody knows this, Ian. Hey, how's poor Pitt, children? Man? My God, you're poor kids. How's uh, you don't how's, even know any better? How's Pitt doing in basketball this year? They suck. They're That's terrible. Right. They got beat by 30 or 40 by Duke the other night, didn't they? 30, yeah. Uh, anywho, outside linebackers, guys, is not going to take us very long to talk about because you got TJ Watt. Uh, Who's that you guy? Got, What's his you name? You got Alex Highsmith. Yeah, who are these two guys? Um, and and you've got uh, also – Well, no, you don't have garbage. You've got <laughs> Ben's favorite outside linebacker. Taco. Reserve. Uh, oh, no. I'm talking about one Mr. Derek Tuska. Yeah, he should be cut tomorrow. Uh, Fuck that guy. Taco, uh, (laughs) do they bring Taco back, Ben? They should. He's on a D-line. They should bring Taco back. 
I thought he was okay. Yeah, Taco, Taco's an outside linebacker, and he, yeah. in my opinion, at least today, he should be the number three outside linebacker. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. Right. I would like to see them improve depth there. So, sorry. Good, yeah, Mark. Right. Ryan. No, I'm good. Deal with that. No, I, I, I'm going to say this. So let's say let's just say TJ Watt plays a full season next year, and he only gets like fourteen sacks, which only. is which oh, is which terrible. is I'm, yes. But my point being is that how can they how how what what kind of depth can they add in case some a team or you know teams figure out TJ? So like I look at yeah, I, I mean Alex and Alex and TJ are good at one two punch, great tandem. I think they're really really good. Um, arguably top two in the league but after that yeah I, i'm fine with taco coming back i you know i, I don't necessarily know if taco <laughs> i mean i you gotta laugh <laughs> thinking of you know just eating a taco but like you know i don't know if, i don't know if he necessarily ever had like the foundation you know like going to the cowboys i don't know if that was the right culture fit for him but i do think you know a guy like mike tomlin and the steelers organization might be a better fit for him so i'd like to Bell see him point. but then but then, you know, uh, you know, there's the draft and, 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 you know, and I know this it might sound silly, but, you know, John Simon is, 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 you know, he's on the roster. He's 31. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that he's, you know, he's a contributor, but a guy that you keep around through mm-hmm. camp, you know, he's a veteran. He's, he's played for the uh, Giants and Patriots. Um, I think so. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, you know, but again, you need, you need to get a fourth, a fourth, a fourth person in there. That's not. No, def- no disrespect to Derek. You, you got T. Gray Scales. Well, I mean, and 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 can play hey, both. Apparently, don't forget about Delonte Scott from Southern Methodist University as well. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, when you think outside linebackers, you think SMU, baby. Ah, you know, listen, uh, <laughs> listen. <laughs> yeah, Ian, would you prefer they draft or would you prefer they go free agent here? Um, to add a, depth. To to add depth. Um. I mean, I think you can you can find guys in free agency, but you're going to pay them a lot. I would actually prefer drafting. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but here's the thing I'll say with drafting. Um, with drafting, you, especially without edge rushers, you should always gamble on athleticism over collegiate production. We learned this lesson with over and specific, over again. specifically Jarvis Jones Jarvis versus – Bud Dupree and TJ Watt, specifically yeah. like Bud Dupree, right? And, and Dupree, it took a little while to come around, but he got there. Jones never did. Jones, highly productive college player, led the nation in sacks his senior year, yeah. tested terribly athletically, didn't produce in the NFL. Bud Dupree didn't really produce a whole lot in college. Right. Athletic freak, took had a learning curve in the NFL, but once he got there, mm-hmm. damn, did he get there, you know, and, and he battled some health issues, some injuries, sure, things like sure. that too. But I mean, when he was healthy and on the field and, and at his peak, holy shit. Um, so, you know, and, and I actually wrote an article, I think a couple years ago on steelcityblitz.com. Look up uh, early impact pass rushers. You can find it. Um, but there's certain athletic thresholds. So as people are watching the combine with edge rushers, um, you know, Basically, I looked at guys who hit the ten, who hit ten plus sacks like within their first two years in the league, which is pretty hard to do. There's not right. many guys that get there. Most guys hit their peak their third year and on. Um, so, like early impact pass rushers getting there within the first two years to ten plus sacks is 
is significant. And and the I'll say the 10 plus sack threshold has been something that's been pretty consistent over time. Like from I look back to like 97, 98 mm-hmm. or, or 2000, maybe through like 2020, 2021, you usually get between like 15 and 20 guys that get 10 plus sacks a year. So it's a pretty consistent statistic over time of who are the elite pass rushers and guys that get there early in their career typically have most of these athletic thresholds. They're over 250 pounds. They're at least 6'3". They ran a 40 faster than 4.8 seconds. They had a broad jump more than 118 inches. They did their 20-yard shuttle or three-cone drill, whatever you want to call it, in uh, faster than 4.4 seconds um, and put up at least 20 reps on the bench press. And I'll say specifically the – or no, that was the shuttle. Sorry, three cones different. Mm -hmm. But 4.4 on the shuttle. Um, But three cones – if you get under a like 6.9 seconds on the three cone drill, that's also a, a highly valid correlation yep. for being a good pass. Huge. Um, so as you're watching the combine, you know, keep an eye on some of those numbers for, for the edge rushers. And some of those guys like say Max Crosby hit a bunch of those numbers, um, but went in, in the fourth round. Right. So um, actually that, uh, um, that, that article I did, I just looked it up back in 2019, Max Crosby was on my list of a guy that hit like all those thresholds, except for the bench press. Um, so, you know, those are the guys you want to gamble on wherever it is in the draft that they fall, but gamble on the guys with athleticism, not on the guys that are highly productive in college. Okay. No, it's, it's very true. And it continues to add up more and more. Yeah, when you look at that, um, let's let's transition over to uh, let's do cornerbacks first. Um, you know, I mean, Cam Sutton is is entrenched. Um, whether he's on the boundary or or playing a nickel spot, um, Joe Hayden is a free agent. Uh, Kello Witherspoon, uh, another guy that's a free agent. Um, I, I mean, is, is there? Uh, Ben, is there a concern that that Witherspoon might want too much to stay with the Steelers? That's a concern, but I. And he, he really came on. And I, the I biggest, wonder. The if bigger he's concern gonna... is the fact that the Steelers are only going to resign one of them. It's either going to be Witherspoon yeah. or Hayden, as we've talked yeah. about before on the show. And Witherspoon is younger, so to me, it's an easy decision. If they decide Agreed. that they're they're going to do the Greg Lloyd thing and resign Hayden instead. That'd be a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan, where do you fall on on that? Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. Um, you know, I'd rather re-sign Witherspoon and, and Millette and, you know, Joe Hayden, thank you for your time here. Like, we, we yeah. tried. <laughs> um, did really well. Um, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your thank you for your service and for your time, but this you know we we got to get younger and 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 yeah. I, I'm really with you. I'm in the same I think place. they need to draft a, a a slot corner this year. Personally, well, and that's where I was just going to go. Also, today. it's deep. Yeah. It's deep. It's a cornerback is deep this year. I, I think that they can. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they'll be fine. There's some really intriguing Bye. guys. Yeah, they don't have a good history of developing corners. No, no, they no. don't. But but you can get good value at slot corner. 
typically in the second, even third round. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. boundary guys are the guys that the shutdown guys are the guys that go early. Those right. are the guys that go in the first. So, yeah, they're they're harder to come by. Yeah, I, Ian, I know you know much like your linebacker piece, you did the thing on the cornerbacks, you know, not long ago about how the Steelers I, just don't draft well. Um, and it's but, not just the Steelers; it's, it's right. everybody. It's you. The so since 2016, two thirds of the Pro Bowl corners were not on their rookie contracts, which basically means they were either on their original team and got extended, like your Patrick Petersons, or they were guys that got signed somewhere else in free agency. Yeah, veteran corners in this league, it cornerback might have one of the biggest learning curves of any position in the NFL that it's it's harder to transition from college to the pros just because there's so much NFL receivers are so crafty in what they do that it veteran corners yes they're expensive but they're absolutely worth it I mean you saw the the huge difference in our defensive backfield when we brought in Joe Hayden and then Steven Nelson right guys who are veterans and they played a few years in the league. And he like Nelson hadn't had a, a superb career before he came here. But just that experience in the league makes a huge difference. I do agree that, yes, you can find slot corners in the draft. And, you know, you can get good rookie slot corners. But, you know, other than that, even with the boundary guys, like if you're not getting a guy in the top 40, it's really not worth it to go after a boundary guy. It's very rare that a boundary guy is like a Richard Sherman that you find later in the draft. They can come in and play immediately. Um, it's extremely rare, actually, right. historically. Yeah. Um, it, you know, so, yeah, top top 40, basically, for the boundary guys in the mm-hmm. draft, if you're going to take one, which is basically a first-round pick for us, considering our average pick during the you know Kevin Colbert era is like 22nd or 23rd. Right. Um, and, and that's the other thing, too, right? Like, typically – the top two or three corners are already off the board by the 15th overall pick. And we haven't had a right. top 15 pick in, in how many years since Ben. Right. Ben. So, you know, it's like you're either taking by the time the Steelers come around, you're either taking the fourth or fifth best corner in the draft, or you're looking at another position. So, yeah. you know, I mean, the, the big miss obviously was taking Artie birds instead of taking Xavier and Howard. Um, but, you know, uh, nevertheless, it, I'm I this is the one position I'm usually a draft and develop guy across mm-hmm, the board. Mm-hmm. This is the one position I'm like, no, don't draft corners, spend it in free agency, get corners that have experience in the league. I'm all for Ryan, it. Ryan, were you you were there when Senquez Golson was there, right? Yeah. What 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 can you tell us about him? Because he was five he, six. He was a guy that there was about so eight, much. There was so much potential around him, but he couldn't stay healthy. Was it more than that? No. Um, no. Yeah, and and I know we, I, you know, I I want to say this on on the record: Jarvis Jones and Senquez Golson. Jarvis Jones, wonderful young man, yeah. super nice, like yeah. one of the most like super respectful, like. It just sucked that it didn't turn out well. Same with Sanquez Golson. Very, very, very uh, – he was very quiet, um, went about his business, hard worker. I remember that training camp after he was hurt, when he hurt – I think it was his shoulder was the second time. Yeah. Whatever right. injury it was, like he was in tears. And, like, 
I mean, yeah. I usually didn't get too emotionally involved in it, but like, I'm not going to lie. Like I remember like at training camp, he got hurt and like, he knew he was hurt. And like, he, he was a former baseball kid. He's a good athlete. Yeah. I mean, and, man. and, and I mean, I mean, he was just, he was just all over the ball at, at, at uh, Mississippi his senior year or whatever yeah. year it was. And like, yeah. it just sucked. But I remember like he was crying, like in the cart and I was like, shit, like, that 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 definitely like those are the moments where you're like wow like yeah what do you say he already had you know i think it what was his first it was a leg and then it was his shoulder he, he, yeah he had lower body and then he had upper body yeah and remember. it was just like shit like i mean you can't account like you can't you can't plan for that right yeah. like you you draft the per you draft especially in the early rounds you draft the person thinking that they're always going to be healthy right like i mean like yeah, like you don't go into this thing and and i know he had he did have a little bit of an injury history but like yeah both you know him you know senquez and jarvis were super super you know super right. nice young men and, and they were good teammates and 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 they love the game it just just didn't work out for them in different ways let me uh move to to safeties here guys um i i think it's safe to say that Minka is uh, in line to get uh, an extension, and and there was some scuttlebutt this week. I think Ed Bouchette was talking about the fact that, you know, it could be something like T.J. Watt where it gets into the training camp type of thing. Um, you know, Ben, uh, what, what do you do with Terrell Edmonds? You, you, you try to bring him back? Try. Just but, go elsewhere? But try to bring him back at, yeah. a, at an affordable number, say long-term – deal that pays somewhere in the neighborhood of let, let's call it seven million a year mm-hmm. which a lot of Steelers fans are absolutely going to object to what are you kidding me he sucks oh, blah 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 now he's a starting caliber strong safety he's just not a star which is what you wanted because he was drafted in the first round absolutely and he's not that guy so I get it he's not going to make the big money he's not going to be one of these guys that makes 15 million a year but half of that sure mm-hmm. I can see it yeah. Uh, Ian, um, thoughts on him, but then also did Trey Norwood do enough to make you think he could be a depth guy? Trey Norwood is definitely a depth guy, but Trey Norwood is not a strong safety. Um, right. Trey no. Norwood is much better as a center fielder, or actually he played pretty well as a slot corner too. Um, like covering guys, you know, within the first seven yards of the line of scrimmage showed a little bit of ability there. Um, you know, but I think too, as a, you know, you don't want him to have Sean Davis syndrome, right? You don't want to overwhelm him with information and try and make him do too much. You don't want to be like, okay, you're our backup free safety right. and you have to learn the slot corner position also, which is what they tried to do with Sean Davis his first year and just overwhelmed him with information. It was way too much. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Norwood has potential as a depth guy, but he's much more of a true free safety that said using Norwood as a free safety also in three safety alignments frees you up to use Minka as more of a, a rover type player. And you can move him around a little bit more, try and get him in some of those robber positions, things like that, where he can make plays in the middle of the field, which is, is mm-hmm. great for Minka. Um, so I, I think Norwood continuing to see snaps is good because he is versatile enough to do some things. Um, but if I'm going to spend $7 million a year on a safety I'm going after like Jordan Whitehead from Tampa. I'm going after, you know, somebody and 
and Jordan Whitehead might command more than that. You know, Marcus May from so. the Jets is yeah. definitely going to command yeah. more than that. Yeah. But I mean, those guys are the the top of the market. Um, if you, you know, can get Jordan Whitehead safety. at seven million dollars a year, and you don't do that, so there's something wrong with your front office. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Right. Maybe maybe I'll put it this way: if we're going to spend money on a on a strong safety, I'd rather go after somebody that can tackle better in the open field than uh, Terrell Edmonds. And that's that's my biggest knock on Edmonds. Yes, he's mm-hmm. healthy. He's available. He can be out there. And Sean play. Davis could, could could tackle on the open field, but he couldn't cover anybody to save his life. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, and yeah. I mean, yeah. they had to move him to free safety. It was like what? They, they, they did. They moved him around all over the place what? that first year. Yeah, no, they uh, moved yeah. him around late. Before they got it's, Minka, he was playing free safety. Yeah. Of the season. yeah no, I mean, it just seemed like he was everywhere. Uh, I don't know that he ever settled in anywhere, but uh, no, he did. You know, be that as it may. And, um, you know, it, I, yeah. I mean, Jesse Bates is going to be a free agent. The Bengals will probably bring him back. Justin Reed's going to be a free agent, but Houston probably brings him back. So, you know, guys that we liked in the draft process mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Um, the year they took Edmonds are going to hit the market also. But they're or may may not hit the market also. But you know we'll see. Tampa's the reason I brought up Whitehead. Not only is he a local guy, Central Valley High School, um, but also uh, shout out. Yeah, <laughs> got to give shout outs to my Whitfield guys. Um, but but also that Tampa's cap situation is a little bit tighter than yeah. you know the Bengals or Houston cap the situation. Bengals. Also true. Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, any final thoughts on the safety position? No, I mean, I would I, real quick. I, I would try to resign Terrell Edmonds, Miles um, Killebrew. Yeah, and then you got to resign Miles Killebrew. He's probably the yep. best special teamer. Great huge, special team. absolutely. Huge splash plays this year. Yep. Um, and then and this is a random thought, but man, they went Artie Burns, Sean Davis back to back, but they've also went Ryan Shazier, Stephon Tuitt back to back, and right. then TJ Watt, Juju Schuster back to back. So it's just like. You know, I understand sometimes they miss, but they also they also yeah. do pretty good. <laughs> I yep. just you know, and then in that same draft with uh you know with Davis and, and Burns, they had uh they had Javon Hargrave and as a third who has made a lot of money with the Eagles, and then yep. they had Tyler Matikevich in the seventh round who's a, who's a staple on the Buffalo Bills special yes, team. He is. Good special good yep. So you know, they do miss, but they, they make them do a lot. So yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fascinating here as we get down. Like I said, we're about two weeks from uh, free agency, the new league year kicking off and everything. Um, and uh, uh, I'm just kind of reading the notes here and stuff. But, um, you know, uh, that that's what we want to get into tonight. We're going to focus uh, next week. We'll start focusing much more on the draft. We're going to have a lot more information uh, on it once these guys perform the quarterbacks were up tonight and uh you know i can already tell you that uh uh well malik willis has a really big arm the problem is he's not real accurate uh i can i can tell you that uh whereas kenny pickett not nearly the arm but he was pretty accurate tonight from what i saw um and of course has small hands but anyway, uh, we're going to get out of here for tonight. Don't like his velocity on the outside throws, though. I, not, it's Mason Rudolph-esque, isn't it? Yeah, it it's is. not super impressive. I, yeah, it, it, it's got this little bit of a – Yeah. Yeah, I like – Yeah, uh, like anyways. Ben. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
By the way, happy birthday to Big Ben. He turned uh, 40, 40 years young yesterday. Uh, former quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. I hate saying former. Anyway, that's it for these guys. Uh, make sure you check out the website, steelcityblitz.com, and check us out on Twitter, at SCBlitz. Of course, the podcast is at SCB underscore podcast, and we are all on uh the Twitters and the, the Instas and, and all that other <laughs> stuff too. So thanks again for listening. Please make sure take time, leave us a review, leave us a comment. Some of you are great at it. We'd love it. And yeah, give us some it. feedback. Let us know right, how much right. Mark sucks. I'm fine with you. <laughs> yeah, risk, it's all the hate. That is a risk anyway. I'm willing to uh, let him take. The, how drunk am I that I don't know that did I not get it right? Get <laughs> you nice? got it right. You were just like, what's our What's our oh, podcast Twitter it's, handle? <laughs> it's Thursday. It's been a long week. Uh, anyway, this is uh, Steel Dad signing off on the SCB at Steelers podcast, presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck.